so you can see here tonight on our midweek service. Stand with me, would you, as we sing Heavenly Sunlight. Lift it up tonight as we sing. Walking in sunlight all of my journey over the mountains through the deep vale. Jesus has said, I'll never forsake thee. Promise divine that never can fail. Heavenly sunlight, heavenly sunlight, flooding my soul with glory divine. Hallelujah, I am rejoicing, singing his praises, Jesus is mine. Shadows around me, shadows above me, never conceal my Savior and guide. He is my light, in him is no dark. Ever I'm walking close to his side. Heavenly sunlight, heavenly sunlight, flooding my soul with glory divine. Hallelujah, I am rejoicing, singing his praises. Jesus is mine. In the bright sunlight, ever rejoicing, pressing my way to Singing his praises, gladly I'm walking, walking in sunlight, sunlight of love. Heavenly sunlight, heavenly sunlight, flooding my soul with glory divine. Hallelujah, I am rejoicing, singing his praises, Jesus is mine. Good job, sunshine in the soul about sunlight tonight. It's staying lighter longer, right? I looked out the other day, 5.30, we still got sunshine. All right, so let's lift it up as we sing. There's sunshine in my soul today, more glorious and bright than glows in any earthly skies. For Jesus is my light. Oh, there's sunshine, blessed sun. smiling face. There is sunshine in the soul. There is music in my soul today. A carol to the King. And Jesus listening can hear the songs I cannot sing. Oh, there's sunshine, blessed sunshine, when the peaceful sunshine in the soul. There is springtime in my soul today. For when the Lord is near, the dove of peace sings in my heart. The flowers of grace appear. Oh, there's sunshine, blessed sunshine, when the peaceful, happy moments roll. His smiling face. There is sunshine in the soul. There is gladness in my soul today. And hope and praise and love. 
tonight. Ask God to be with us tonight. Thank you, Lord, for the day. Thanks for the privilege to be in your house. Lord, it's good to come in this midweek service to just recharge and get together as a church family and worship you. Lord, we praise you and thank you for all you've done for us. For those who couldn't be here tonight, pray that you lift them up to you tonight. Pray that you just be with the song service to help us to prepare our hearts for what you have for us later. Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, just a couple of mission letters this evening. Uh, it seems to be working that I put them on a piece of paper instead of having six different pieces of paper. And I can also print them larger. <laughs> Not that I need larger. <clears throat> Dave and Terry Green, missionaries to Taiwan. We were so blessed to have over 70 professions of faith this past year. All glory to our Lord God. Thank you so very much for your faithful prayer for us and financial support as to serve our Lord in Taiwan. We praise God that our first baptism in 2023 is scheduled for next Sunday, January the 15th. Amen. And I, there was, uh, they did uh, a lot of the missionaries that I have uh, looked at over uh, the last, last week and this week. They had a lot of recaps over the years and lots of souls have been saved throughout our world amen and so we definitely give the praise to that and also a lot of sickness still floating around the world and a lot of missionaries catching a lot of that sickness and so definitely uh, continue to pray for them as well i didn't put a lot of those in here but uh, just some different things so cameron and hannah schmutzler to mongolia Finally, I do want to uh, mention that after many years of faithful service at Kanyul Baptist Church, Brother Bradley and Miss Ashley Kubik believe that God is moving their family on a new missionary uh, ministries in the co coming weeks and months. Their burden is to plant some new churches in the providences surrounding uh, mm -hmm, Alan Batar. Yeah, I should have had her read it first. She said, any words you need help with tonight? Uh, please pray for their efforts and that God would bless. Uh, Lionel and Carol Martin to Portugal. In a, ver in a previous letter, we told you about 20-year-old Van, uh, that their 20-year-old Van caught fire while Lonel, or, uh, Lonel was driving uh, down the highway. We praise that the Lord. No one was injured in this incident. Churches and individuals were very gracious, and within a month, we were able to uh, drive a much-updated van off of the lot. It is a 2021 Ford, and it only had 1,200 miles on it. Vans are in short supply here in Portugal because the, uh, the car factories get much of their steel from Russia, and, it is, uh, and so it, is, uh, it isn't available at this time. And uh, they said that they were months and months out by picking out a new van, and they would just have to wait almost a full year for that. And so we, are, uh, we were also very touched to be uh, generous. Uh, they also had uh, Carol's uh, wheelchair was in that van, and so it burned up as well. And they were touched with the generosity of a family that gave Carol an electric wheelchair that they no longer needed to replace her manual wheelchair. Mark and Michelle Hale uh, to Portugal as well. Two years ago, three-year-old Luke looked distressed as Michelle taught about the symbolism of the Passover lamb and Jesus Christ. The lamb of God, he asked, why did the lamb have to die? Michelle gently explained to the worried boy and he once again 
heard the gospel of Jesus Christ in her class, as did the other children. Now two years have passed, and he is five years old now. Luke has asked a lot of questions and heard a lot of biblical answers, which have borne fruit. Recently, uh, he told his father, Dad, I want to worship the Lord like you. So his father explained that only to the saved could worship God as their father. And so he took his son through the scriptures, showing him how, to, how he could uh, have God as his heavenly father. And so Luke bowed his head and became a childlike faith, trusted in Christ and his, as his lamb of God. Amen. And uh, they also said, continue to pl uh, please pray for Luke as he grows spiritually. Not only him, but please pray for the 13-year-old Laura, 10-year-old uh, Camilla, both of these girls are attending services and listening, but neither one of them have come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ as yet as little Luke has. Uh, then a couple more and I'll be finished this evening. Paul and Teresa Herson to Pakistan. A husband and wife team who are members of, of, of the church conducted a meeting every week in a village located about 10 miles from Karachi where uneducated farm workers live. Just before Christmas, they brought a busload of, of children and some adults into the big city of Karachi, uh, where most of them had never been. On this special day, they, enjoy, they enjoyed a Bible lesson, some food, some games, and gifts. Uh, one example of how isolated these children and uneducated they are is uh, a year ago, the, child who give, uh, the children were given volleyballs. Uh, they had never, ever seen a ball in their life. So they did not know what to do with them, and so they tried to rip off the leather, thinking there was a gift on the inside of the skin. <laughs> so I just, a lot of things out there that people just don't know, even what a volleyball is, and thinking there's a gift at Christmas time in there. So that would be a mean gift, though. Yeah, moving on. Uh, Sean Lunday. Sorry, just those moments, they just come out of my mouth. Uh, Sean Lunday, medical missionaries to Brazil. Uh, this is kind of interesting. The team was doing a medical clinic in Peru and sharing the gospel. Typically, uh, typically uh, they pack up at the, before the sun sets so they can get onto the river and back to the base camp. But at this time, uh, they were about to load just about as they were preparing, and uh, three families arrived by canoe. They had traveled a long distance to bring their little boy, whose leg was infected and swollen to the size of a grapefruit. With closer inspection, we realized the cause of this pain was a large worm which had hatched and was growing inside of his leg. The doctor soon opened the wound further and with a little coercion, the worm poked its head out enough to grasp it with tweezers to remove it from the leg. Sorry if you have a weak stomach, I should have had a disclaimer. That's as, that's as detailed as I go. And so God used this incident to open the patient, uh, parent's heart to receive the word of God and they trusted Christ as their savior. Pastor, uh, Pastor Sean soon followed up with, uh, by discipline, discipline discipling the families and others who trusted Christ during their uh, sub, uh, subsequent visits. And during the pandemic, the work was begun to build a Baptist church there in that village. And this is the first church of any kind ever to be built in this amazing village. And so to God be the glory in August of this year, uh, we held uh, last year, sorry, previous, uh, held the service and a clinic in Iglesia Baptista Divina Gracia, Divine Grace Baptist Church. Uh, today, the gospel of Jesus Christ is being proclaimed for the very first time in this village through the church. And it all began with the worm. Thank you all. <laughs> now, how you top that? That's amazing. Well, okay, I'm going to try. 50 on bus tonight. We set a new record tonight. So, yeah.
So uh, we've got a couple of our bus families here. So bus ministry pays off. We've got Miss Laura Lee Goodman back over here at the back and Jesse and uh, Kate Holt over here. So we're glad to have you all and excited about what God's doing. We ended up last week, I miscounted, we announced 42, we had 47. So uh, doing great, starting the new year the right way. And uh, as exciting as that is, it might pale in comparison to the next announcement. Rowan Feaster is on her way home right now. So she, uh, she got released today. Her numbers are looking way better than even what the doctor's best estimations would be. And so she is on a uh, CPAP machine at night that's really helped a lot of things. And she's, she didn't have to have a trach. And so in every way, God's answering prayers. Obviously a long ways still uh, to go on recovery time, but praise the Lord for that one. So that's good. And then also uh, glad to announce we've been praying about the church planning conference and I finally got some numbers to pass along. So uh, monthly given, uh, last week they were able to raise 15,000 a month uh, in monthly giving. And then also for the one-time offerings, $978,000 given at the conference last week. So, so God really worked and uh, hope, hope you'll consider going maybe next year. Maybe we can take a group. We took a group from the school and the youth department, but love to take some of our adults with us as well and let you just see it. If nothing else, I think it'll really touch you to see what God's doing around the country. So, uh, and then another praise uh, given to me tonight uh, coming in by the Donnie Hutchinson right here at the front. Uh, last week we had announced he was upcoming with a eye surgery. He met with his doctor this week and now they found out he actually doesn't have to have that. So we can praise the Lord for that and uh, glad to have Brother Donnie with us. If you could pray for his cousin, Melody, uh, Melody Haley. She was also meeting with the eye doctor about surgery and had the surgery on her left eye. Unfortunately, it was not successful, and so she has lost vision in her left eye, uh, but her right eye surgery went well, and she's in recovery on that one. So, so pray for Melody Haley, if you would. And then with that, we'll go ahead and take some from the floor. So we'll start over here on my left, your right. Anybody praise or prayer requests from the floor? Anybody at all? Yep, uh, Miss Cindy. I have a praise, first of all, for how God has helped Mike and I with and then, um, also, I lost a really good friend this week, um, and I'd just like for you to keep her, her family and her. She was a Christian, uh, literally got a family. Her name was Nancy. Andy? Nancy. Nancy. And uh, her husband was Larry. And what was Nancy's last name? Okay, so Brother Mike and Miss Cindy, uh, long-time members here, but haven't been here in a long time because of a lot of sickness that they just can't seem to beat. And so, but praise the Lord, they're here. They're moving along in the right direction. Uh, pray for their son, Zach. Uh, he is having a surgery, you said, uh, having an upcoming surgery uh, that they could ask your, covet your prayers for. And then uh, Miss Cindy has a friend, Nancy Goad, that... Uh, just recently passed away this week. So pray for Wilson family and any of the Goads uh, surrounding her loss there. So pray for Nancy Goads family. Okay, anybody else here left? Uh, all the way back at the back, Miss Rita? Unspoken. Okay. Anybody else with an unspoken tonight? 
few around the room. Okay, we can do that, Miss Rita. Glad to have you back. Good to see you. Anybody else? Okay, Brother Brian. Uh, we were just traveling quite a bit in Arkansas. A quick trip coming back Sunday night. Just played that one round. Just pray that God will open a door where we got some quiet time with her, where we can talk to her about that while we while we're in Arkansas. Salvation of granddaughter. Okay. Uh, sellers are traveling this weekend, so let's pray for their road mercies and then also trying to, to deal with the, their uh, only remaining lost granddaughter. So I know we've got, uh, aren't you all traveling back, girls? So the Skyler girls are heading back to school. Um, I think I saw that the Whites, uh, Brother Bill and Miss Joanne, are traveling uh, this week as well. So several on the road this week, if you could be in prayers for them. Definitely so. Anybody else left center? We're here. Right center, Dina. That's great. They may not be able to cure it totally, but they said that they will—they can make it work. She, her life, her life can last a lot longer than what that the doctor said. The six months. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's good. Yep. So Dina's mom uh, got a good second opinion and looks like things are moving the right way. So keep praying for Miss Robinson. But that's great. Thank you for sharing that. Anybody else this section here? What is it? Curlick. Curlick. Okay. Miss Curlick. What's her name? Okay, pray for uh, Donnie down here. Uh, Donnie's aunt Kathleen having surgery here next week. Uh, uh, this, uh, this Friday. Surgery on Friday. Okay. All right. Pray for Kathleen Hutchinson. Surgery Friday. Uh, Miss Mary? Yes, last week I asked prayer for Jack Gibson, who uh, yeah. was in need of a liver transplant, but he passed away just shortly he before did. church. And his daughter didn't make it in time. See if we could pray for the daughter and the, the family. Okay. And it was Jack Gibson, right? Jack Gibson family, okay. yes. Family. Okay. So last week, Miss Mary... 
shared about Jack Gibson, a family friend of theirs, needing uh, a, a kidney transplant? Liver. liver. Liver transplant, and sadly he didn't get it in time, and he's passed away. So let's pray for the Gibson family, and, and also pray for the Sparks, that they can try to minister there to their friends. That's a tough time. Miss Lori? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. She has a patient where they did the Nano surgery at the Mayo Clinic. And that was before Thanksgiving. She's never made it home. She's, She's still there. She's been in the hospital this whole time. And they said that she might need to come home next week or the week after. But they've been saying that. So we don't know really what's going on. But she's still really, I guess she's still really sick, is what we're being told. Mm -hmm. and they're and praying that she might come home, but she's still in the hospital. Sure. It's a long time. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I guess the nano surgery to get rid of the cancer tumor caused all kinds of other problems. And so, can you pray for Sherry Castleberry? She was being And then, um, my friend Sarah Long, <coughs> her, she, I asked for prayer for her for a couple weeks ago. Okay, and, and it's not Sarah that passed away, it's her, her mom. Okay. So Sarah's mom. Okay. She's her heart. Sure. But she's very enjoyed that her mom's in heaven. Good deal. So, uh, Lori's sister, half-sister, Sherry Castleberry, we've been praying for her up in the Mayo Clinic with cancer surgery. It, it's not happened, and some other bad things have come up since then, and she's still there since before Thanksgiving. So let's pray for... Continue to pray for Sherry. And then also, uh, Lori had mentioned a friend, Sarah Long. Uh, her mom ended up passing away. So uh, keep the Long family in your prayers as you're praying this week, if you could. Let's see anybody else back here. Uh, Dina? I forgot. Um, you're going to try to prevail. That's all my mom and dad's What's his name? You know? Uh, Calvin. Calvin. So Calvin's friend of uh, Dina's dad, uh, dealing with liver cancer and, and needing need to have a transplant. So let's yeah. pray for pray for him. Okay. Anybody over here on this far side? I had that written down. So uh, Kristen's mom, Kathy Dolan, is the one that we rejoiced last week. She got saved. Uh, she is now on life support, um, and so not looking like it's going to be much longer. So pray for her and just for peace and uh, comfort. And obviously, I'm sure Kristen's trying to get up there to minister to her. So pray for the Dolan family. Uh, I've also got uh, to pray for... Uh, Carrie, and I'm not sure the dollars is is it 
Delaney, is it Carrie Delaney? Do you know, is that her last name? Mark's sister? Not sure. So, say it again, not sure. So the Delaney's are the dollars, uh, son-in-law and daughter. Anyhow, Brother Mark's got a sister named Carrie. They just found out this week she's got uh, stage four colon cancer, uh, married and has a couple young kids. And so anyhow, really sad, difficult news there that the Delaney's had turned in. So if you could pray for them. Also, Ruth Jackson called uh, this week. She's got a family member, extended family member, uh, that's recently just passed away. She's not too sure of their salvation state, but she's pretty confident the family that's behind is not saved either. And so they're having a memorial service here in the next couple of days, but she's just burdened about this family. And so if you could, I don't have a name for them, I'm sorry, but if you could pray, Miss Ruth Jackson, a sweet lady that uh, is from our church in Tonkawal, and uh, just pray for her family. And uh, any other final ones did I miss? Okay. All right. Well, let's take a moment to pray, and then we'll turn it over to Brother Andy. Father, we do thank you so much for the day, and God, just so excited to be able to rejoice with several big blessings here. Thank you for the church down in Brazil that was started through the most unusual of circumstances, Lord, and giving uh, physical treatment to someone that was in a very serious need of help, and Lord, just in the nick of time, able to spare their physical life and at the same time lord uh, bring to them eternal life lord and just from that a ministry getting started and uh, a church being established and uh, god it's exciting to see how you're at work and as we reported about the church planning conference uh, from last week lord just it's amazing lord a million dollars plus uh, donated to help the the work of the gospel here in our country lord it at one point uh, sent missionaries around the world uh, like no other country, but Lord, now we need them to stay because of where we are as a nation. And Lord, I pray for your forgiveness of, of our sins, Lord, as we've uh, calloused our hearts, as we've turned our attention to the creation and to the creator. God, I pray that you'd help us to, to get right. I pray as Christians that we'd stand up for the truth and um, Lord, that we would uh, do as the sellers are trying to do and, and ferv fervently uh, go forth with a prayer, uh, Lord, to try to share the gospel with those that we know are lost. Lord, the, the family of Miss Ruth Jackson, Lord's on our minds. Lord, if she's just lost this one that she's not sure about, Lord, where they are right now, but knows that the family left behind is in great need of you. And Lord, as, as, as great as these physical needs are that have been mentioned tonight, Lord, there's a greater need that every man has, Lord, and it takes time to, to be confronted and to evaluate the soul. And God, I pray that you'd use each of us to go out this week and to try to help uh, bring attention to, to man's greatest needs and help the school this week, Lord, as we minister to a group of kids, many of which, Lord, don't know you and, are, and uh, aren't spending enough time thinking about eternity because it seems so far away. But God, it's just a breath away from us all. So I pray that you'd help save those that are lost in the school, those that are lost uh, here at Awanas or in Impact, Lord, that are lost on the bus and maybe even lost within this congregation. God, help us, Lord, to, to not leave without getting it taken care of, God. And we thank you for those that have recently done so. And we think about Miss Kathy Dolan and just the salvation that she's been given and received uh, just last week. Lord, what an awesome blessing that is. But Lord, now she's at the end of her earthly race, Lord, and she hasn't had a lot of time to to build up awards and 
uh, things to look forward to in heaven, but Lord, we're thankful that she's looking forward to heaven and pray that you would help these final days of life here to go smoothly, that there would be a, just a peace knowing that she's right with you. Help Kristen as she tries to go and minister to her, give her safe, safe travels and just an, an encouraging spirit there and just encourage her, Lord, help us to encourage her together uh, cooperatively, Lord. And God, we do rejoice so much and just how you've answered the prayers for little Rowan Feaster. Lord, what an amazing story. 50 days in, in the hospital, Lord, in intensive care, not given a lot of hope uh, as far as um, good outcomes. And yet, Lord, uh, here's a miracle. Lord, she's in the car now on her way back and getting to come home and getting to be a part of the Feaster family for the first time carrying that name here in Ponca. And God, uh, with a lot of... Uh, opportunity in front of her lord for a great life and i just thank you so much for being the great god that you are and the healer that you are and pray that the the story of her life even just in these couple months that she's lived lord would uh, touch lives there in arkansas and, and and here in ponca and and down at children's hospital and everywhere in between as they've seen you work god we we have a list of people here that need prayer uh, a lot of people traveling uh, Lord, we pray for them and some unspokens that were shared. Uh, Lord, there's sadly been several deaths uh, this, this week connected to our church body. And Lord, we just pray your peace and comfort on each of these families and the needs that they have. Uh, surgeries upcoming, Lord. I pray for just uh, gifted hands as they uh, get the, the help and, and the care. I pray that it would be effective. God, I pray for... Uh, the service here as we continue on to sing lord it's a lot of heavy things at times and during this prayer time but lord we're we're singing to a god that just healed rowan feaster and lord we're singing to a god that brought 50 kids on a bus that could have been doing something else and we've got something to sing about so help us to do that lord and i got i, I pray that you would just uh, touch our pastor as he's delivering the word help us to be responsive and, and active listeners we pray in christ's name amen <laughs> Stand with me if you would. One more song, The Solid Rock. Lift it up tonight as we sing. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. Yes, 
We're in Proverbs chapter 24 tonight, and uh, so if you want to head over there, Proverbs chapter 24. We were there a couple weeks ago and found some other good stuff there. Uh, Proverbs is a time that we're uh, going through and just kind of taking some of the key thoughts out of there, and so we're not doing every verse as we normally do, and uh, so we've got about, what, seven more chapters or so left, so looking forward to that, and just some practical things, very pragmatic book. Helps us with very practical things in our lives. So you found Proverbs chapter 24. Going to read just the first two verses. The Bible says, Be not envious against evil men, neither desire to be with them. For their hearts study at destruction, and their lips talk of mischief. And so tonight we're going to talk about be not envious against evil men. Thank you. You may be seated. Now we're going to jump over to Psalms. And uh, so if you want to do that as well. And uh, Psalms 37, and then Psalms 73. <coughs> so that's really nice, and uh, so you can invert those, and you'll be right either way. Amen. <coughs> well, I hope you had a good day. I want to remind you about our servants' banquet uh, coming up next week. It'll be next Thursday, and you want to be a part. Excuse me. And uh, so, but you want to get a ticket for that. You don't have to bring the ticket that night. But you'll want to, uh, but we'll still let you in without it. Uh, talking about tickets, we have uh, also Brother David Korn coming here in, wow, about three weeks, something like that. Uh, illusionist David Korn grew up at Central Baptist Church. If you're new to the church, uh, he's not new to us. He's been off the road for a couple of years, of course, because of COVID. God uh, uh, he actually was a youth director for a couple of years there in Houston. God provided that opportunity, but uh, his heart is really in evangelism. So they're back on the road. So they called, had opening in February. And so we're actually going to do uh, two services that week uh, on Wednesday and Thursday. So you can come to either one. It'll be the same service. Um, you won't need a t- So the good news is you just need to come. But there are tickets that you can pass out. Uh, so a lot of people have asked me about that. We'll give some more instructions as we get closer. Uh, but I want to just put in your head <clears throat> at that time, this is a major outreach for the church. Uh, already, I got news today, he's going to get to get in eight of our public schools. Uh, that's huge. And uh, so he is phenomenal. There's no magic to it. It's just tricks. And he tells them that. Uh, he's just really good at it. Uh, of course, that gets the children's attention. And, um, and then he's going to just give them an invitation uh, to that Wednesday or Thursday night. The reason we're doing it two nights this time instead of one is, if you were here several years ago when we did it, I mean, every uh, every pew was taken, the aisles all the way up front. There was no room to even move. We had so many people show up. So we're anticipating with them already being in eight schools that we're going to need to do two showings. And uh, so feel free, like I said, to come Wednesday or Thursday. I want to be available for that, but I hope, number one, you're praying for that. Uh, what a great opportunity to see uh, children, even their parents, accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. It's whole purpose, all the work, all the time going to go into it. So I hope, hope you'll be a part of that. Pray for that, if you would, and looking forward to that. And so we'll, we'll remind you that next week. It'll be a different type of uh, week for us, but it'll be worth it. 
Uh, that Monday and Tuesday, they have a youth night, youth revival on that Monday and Tuesday as well. So they'll be extremely busy, uh, but we're looking for great fruit. They're definitely so. Well, tonight, though, as we're doing our Bible study, very a little bit in, interesting style for me and a little bit different. Uh, there's actually probably too much information to even cover, to be quite honest with you. As I began reading this and uh, thinking about it in Proverbs 24, not to be envious, uh, that we would not be envious of the wicked. It's not the only place it's mentioned. In Proverbs 24, 19, the Bible says, Fret not thyself because of evil men, neither be thou envious at the wicked. If you backed up to Proverbs 23, 17, let not thine heart envy sinners, but be thou in the fear of the Lord all the day long. And, uh, you know, as I look at that, uh, I, I had to stop for a minute and realize this. Uh, there is within us, for some reason, um, this thought process to envy those people who have more than we have, and often that they've received it by ill gain. So in either words, even when we know it's like what they did and how they got there wasn't good, wasn't through integrity, but we often look at their life and, uh, uh, and maybe openly or sometimes secretly say, man, I wish I had that. Man, I wish I had that huge mansion of a house. I, I wish I had the land. I wish I had that career. I wish I had that job. I wish I had that family. Uh, I wish I was married to him or I wish I was married to her. And the secret desires are there like, man, they are so lucky. I don't know why we do that, uh, but I know we do. You know why? There's actually two whole chapters about this. But because I was doing the study, I've always kind of gone to Psalm 73. Uh, but in doing the study, I, I noticed that in Psalms 37, uh, you actually have a parallel chapter. So in one, Asaph is talking. We'll talk about him in just a minute. And he's explaining that uh, he just about slipped. I mean, he was just about done. He had fallen, and he was just about all the way gone uh, because he began to watch wicked men. And he watched what happened to them. And he, he begins to kind of give this a discourse about their lives. And it's like they're not in pain, you know, when they die. You know, there's not like this long, sorrowful death. Uh, they talk about their life. It's like whenever they do wrong, they, they don't face punishment for it. And they go through this long list of things he does as he was watching. And honestly, just being honest. He's just kind of being honest. And I thought about that. And I thought about all my counseling through the years. And, and I'm telling you, a lot of times, even as believers, we get angry and jealous of, of other people that seem to, let me put this context, not do right, not serve God. And maybe you've been serving for years. No, stop thinking about this. I mean, for years. I remember one lady, I mean, she faithfully served God for giving her life to the Lord. Uh, matter of fact, farther than that, she married a minister. Uh, and in marriage to minister, years later, he has an affair. And I remember just coming out of her, she's like, are you kidding me? She goes, I was a virgin, kept myself unto you, been faithful to you for all these years, and then you, this isn't fair. I mean, you kind of get that, don't you? I mean, so, so I understand from someone's perspective how we look at wickedness and go, wait a second. It goes farther than that. Uh, I've talked to a lot of couples who, with everything inside of them, want to have kids. And I mean, they would do, they love children. And it's like the womb's not opened up. Or they've had miscarriage after miscarriage. And then you look over here, and I mean, there's these people that just drugs and alcohol and immorality, and, you know, they have kids whenever they want, and a lot of times those kids are even going through the system and being given away and stuff like this, and you're sitting there going, how is this even possible? And not only that, are you ready? How is this fair? And there's almost a, man, I wish I was them, or I wish I had what they had. 
And so that's what we're talking about. So there's this envious of those maybe not doing everything right. But when we see them prospering, can we just be transparent for a minute? We kind of get a question in our, in our head. Can we be honest? I'll be, I'll be the one. Yeah, amen. I'll just be honest with you. And we don't want to say it because let's just be honest. We know it's not right. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I don't want that coming out of my mouth. It don't sound good. But inside our heart, we're like, what is going on? How does this happen? So these passages are great. So we're going to look at these. Turn with me first to Psalm 73, and then we'll work our way back real quick. And we're not going to read all of that one. Both of them are similar. It'd be a great read for you. It really will. And then we'll go to uh, Psalms 37. But I think just to lay the groundwork, do a little bit more reading than we, we normally do. Uh, but as I looked at this, Psalm 73, you begin to walk through it and everything. And he begins to talk about in um, verse 2, But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. For I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. Just what Pro- Proverbs said. Man, I saw how rich they were. I saw how good they were doing. And in my heart, I said, I want that. And then you have this long list of everything that they go through. And, and there's no bands in their death, verse 4. They're not in trouble. They don't seem to be in trouble like other men. And uh, they, verse 6, they live in pride. He just lists all these things. Uh, and I love in verse uh, 9, they set their mouth against heavens and their tongue walketh through the earth. And he goes on to say, they say whatever they want and don't seem to get in trouble for it. Haven't you ever wanted to say whatever you wanted? <laughs> I have a standing order for our staff. <laughs> you, you all heard me say it. But when I stand up and say, you know, I've always wanted to get this off my chest. They're to charge the pulpit and tackle me. Because <laughs> I'm definitely in the flesh right there. It's not going to be good. You know what I'm saying? I mean, standing order. But can we be honest? Haven't you always just want to say with an unfiltered mind, what you're thinking. I'm the only wicked one here. I can tell it right now. All you are just too good for me. Fine, I'll preach to myself. Have you, John? Have you? And there's times I've just wanted to say, please, Lord, let me say what I'm thinking. Please, let me say what I'm thinking. You know, it's not always spiritual, but you're a pastor. Grow up. Okay, it's life, okay? We have to fight like everybody else, okay? You know, and you sit there and go, no, I got to say the spiritual thing and what's right. Uh, but it's true. I mean, it's there. And, and he lists all this going, it's not fair. And then he says this, and, and I love it. He comes down a little bit farther. And he says, so foolish, in verse 22, I'm sorry. So foolish was I and ignorant. I was as a beast before thee. And I love that thought. But go back up to verse 17. This is why he says, until I went into the sanctuary of God, then understood I therein. And he gives this long list. And he says, man, I was foolish. And I woke up from my foolishness when I walked into the sanctuary of God. And then I woke up. It's a beautiful psalm. Now turn with me to chapter 37 real quick. Chapter 37. David now reiterating really a very similar thing. And he goes in Psalm 37. And we won't read all of it, but I want to start from verse 1. He says, Fret not thyself because of evildoers. Same theme. Neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut down like grass and wither as a green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light and thy judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. 
Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil, for evil doers shall be cut off. But those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. And again, the whole rest of the chapter follows this theme. And I want to take just a few minutes tonight. We won't be incredibly long, but I want to encourage us. First of all, if you've ever had that thought of, man, it's unfair, or I wish I had that, and I don't understand why they seem to be blessed, and, and I'm doing all this for God, and my family doesn't seem to be. We've had a horrible year, sickness and finances and jobs and relationships. It's just been horrible, and we love Jesus. You know, so if you've not been down that road, it may come one day. Because here's two religious spiritual men who wrote part of the Bible who are being honest and transparent about their thoughts. Sometimes we look at the other side and we say, man, they have it better than us. But tonight I want to remind you, no, they don't. And that's what both of these men learn when you read both these chapters. They give their honest what they saw, how it almost made them fall, and then the reality of, man, we were not seeing things correctly. So I want to break it down for you real quick. As I began looking at it, the overall theme of both chapters is this. It's important to understand this. And I wrote this down. Present prosperity does not guarantee continued prosperity. Present prosperity does not guarantee continued prosperity. I think one of our mistakes of looking at the wicked or, or the witch or the, or the rich or those who gain, not necessarily being religious or spiritual, uh, we see them the way the way we see them or in that immediate context with no backstory. So in other words, you walk around and you just kind of see the, the big house, the cars, the money, the travel, the, whatever it is and say, man, I wish I had that. But you don't know how they got there. And, and the, the thing about that is, is you think it's going to continue. But can I remind you? It's not. The, the reality is when you look at scripture and you follow this out, it says in a moment in Psalm 73. Matter of fact, David said, and they shall be cut out. There's this philosophy that says, hey, it's not going to continue. And matter of fact, their destruction normally comes suddenly. So they can go on for a year and five years and seven and ten years and everything just seems fine. And then all of a sudden, in a moment, judgment comes and all they thought they had, all that you thought they had is gone. May I remind you of what they now call the Weinstein effect. Mr. Weinstein, a movie mogul. And I won't go into his accolades and what he's done, but if you've paid attention to the news the last four or five years, uh, he had big news about 2017. And he had been, um, oh man, they had 80 different women come, come out and accuse him of improper relationships. And uh, we won't go into the context of that. It's on Google, so if you want to know that, you can look it up. But uh, we followed that, and here's what they called an untouchable. Really, that's what they look like. A lot of these very powerful, what you call important people that really were advancing with wickedness, advancing with immorality and ungodliness and things that we would oppose them. You'd watch them. It seemed like they would just get away with it. The way they treated women, the, the way they would steal, the, the way they just operate. And you're like, how is this happening? But if you paid attention to how that works, in a moment, everything changed. No, in a moment, everything changed. Matter of fact, and I'm not trying to attack the individual. I, I pray someone reaches him where he accepts Jesus Christ. But can I tell you, he's, he lived a very wicked lifestyle. And that came out very clearly. He hurt a lot of people. And people would say, how is this happening? And this is so unfair. But can I tell you, there's a God in heaven who never misses anything. He never misses anything. And he doesn't always judge when we want and in the way we want. But I'm telling you, it's coming. And now this man is locked behind prison bars. And when I looked up when he's going to get out, it's like 87 uh, on the first charges. And now he's got charges in California for other situations. The likelihood is he'll die in prison. Now, I don't rejoice in that. I rejoice in justice. 
I'll be honest, I do rejoice in justice. I, I'm excited that justice is given and that someone who thought they had everything. But when you know the backstory and, and you look at this stuff and you realize, hey, this stuff doesn't last forever. And whatever part that you see them, you may think this is permanent and forever. But I got to remind you, it's not. And in a sudden moment, everything can be changed. I wrote down, just because judgment isn't immediate doesn't mean it's not imminent. And that's huge. And you know it's imminent because God says, I'll take care of it. No, be sure your sin will find you out, the Bible says. And God says, I'll do it. One of the things we forget is God in his grace gives time for people to repent and change. And for some get way more than others. But the fact of the matter is I, I look at this and I see David and Asaph saying this. And I wrote down this, and power and prosperity then do not protect you from God's judgment. And finally, when I look at this, I see there's actually more loss than gain from the wicked. So I was just sitting there thinking about it and uh, the times that I've talked and counseled people that have lived more of a wicked lifestyle and what everybody else thought they had and how they lived. And I wrote down sudden losses. And then I wrote this complete loss without the, without the potential to regain it. You know, the difference between a Christian and somebody lost, if we lose everything, we are not hopeless. You know why? We have Jesus. God can rebuild and restore. Why? That's what he does. But that, that, there is no hope for someone who is ungodly and wicked. When they lose everything, they have no hope. No, they have no power. It's not like they're going to pull themselves up. No, they have no hope and no power. Why? They have not God. It's a totally different scenario. The life is just a, a really nothing that has any depth or purpose. They look happy, but, but they're really not. No, they're really not. I mean, I, I think we fail to read the common studies that are out there, even on the Internet today. I'm a stat guy, so I read stuff all the time. But I'm amazed as you read and you start talking to people about happiness and how many people are unhappy. Uh, we, we talk about illustrations, and again, don't use these to, to attack people, but they're in the news, so you're aware of them. But you take somebody like Tom Brady, and a lot of you women would probably say, be nice to be married to Tom Brady. And don't shake your head right now if you're married sitting next to your husband, okay? That's one of those secret intent of the heart things we'll talk about later. But you're like, man, he's a football player, man, he's good, and wouldn't that be neat? And, uh, and then uh, some of you guys say, wouldn't it be nice to be married to a model? And, and again, be careful nodding your head right now. You know, this is a good time to say, no, honey, I've always wanted to be married to you, and I'm so happy. <laughs> okay, you just missed that one. Okay, okay, good. Uh, but what I'm saying is, it's kind of always everybody's dream. If I could marry a model, my life would be perfect. And if I could marry this handsome football, rich football player, and, and you know the story, him and his wife, and I always get her name wrong. Uh, I think it's Gazelle, and I'm probably saying it wrong, and, and Tom Brady. But uh, I'm not happy that they separated this year and divorced. That's not an exciting thing. I, mean, I don't know them personally, but I don't go, yeah, isn't that great? But here's what I'm always reminded of. Two beautiful people, filthy, rich people, and I'm not saying they're wicked people. I'm just saying, uh, you know, that, that they have this, this realm that we all say, wouldn't it be nice to have that? And I'm reminding you, it's not all it's cracked up to be. Why do so many of them not make it? Matter of fact, in the reverse, you can count how many actually make it compared to how many who don't make it. Whenever they start running the list of surprise, movie stars have been married over 20 years. You're always like, really? And it's a short list in comparison. I mean, it's a short list. Now, again, these are people you're seeing at movies and going, wow, they're good looking, they're beautiful, they're wonderful. If I had their life. And they're not happy. And they have multiple marriages and multiple kids. And again, this isn't an attack. This is an example. Are you ready? Why desire that? And so we come around. And so when we read this about Asaph and David, I get it. I get it. But I also got to remind us, 
we got to wake up. And I just want to give you a couple points on this. I love when you go back to chapter 73, verse 17, and we read it, but I'll read it back into you. I think what wakes us up is this. Until I went into the sanctuary of God, then understood I therein. Hey, can I remind you, you know, you know why it's important to be at a Wednesday night service, a Sunday service? Can I, can I tell you what the good news is? You're reminded of things that are important in our life. I don't think you walked in tonight and thought the preacher would be talking about, okay, don't have this great desire to be rich and famous and popular and live a wicked lifestyle, immorality and ungodliness, and you have those secret intents of the heart. Stay away from that. Because people don't normally walk around going, hey, preacher, I want to tell you my secret desires. I've told you, number one, I don't want to know. Not your priest, don't want to know. But second, we know people. But can I tell you, here's why you come in. You hear a sermon like this that tells you, are you ready? Foolishness. Story, story, decades, centuries, generations. It's never worked. And yet, isn't it weird? That becomes a pursuit in life. I mean, think about this. Folks, you want to be in the house of God. Let me tell you why. You want your kids in the house of God. You want, every parent I know says, I just want my kid to be happy. And an A student. And a doctor. I'm really rich to take care of me when I'm old. Okay, okay. But I mean, really, number one thing, if you ask parents, we're going to say, I want my kid to be happy. You really want your kid to be happy? I'm going to help you. Stay in church. Stay in the house of God. They're going to learn things and hear things that will benefit their life. No, no, I'm serious. They're going to learn, th no, they're going to hear things that benefit. And here Asaph goes back into church. He's like, ah, ah, now I get it. Oh, I get it. Do that. But can I tell you, it's not just for them. It's for you. Some of you men go, man, I, I wish my wife was just more spiritual. I got a good plan. Keep coming to church. We've been coming five years. Hasn't worked, preacher. All I know is faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Here's what I do know. Nothing's going to change out of church. You got me? Yeah, I do know that. I know this when we're preaching and teaching. I can't force anybody. I can't open up a brain and go, here, do this. You know, it's like anything. You can feed and give it to them, but you get to make a choice. But I can't tell you, if you're not hearing it, how are you going to make a choice? You know, if I'm married and I am, and it's a good thing, 37 years, I want my wife in church. She's a wonderful lady. I want her in church. It affects everything. And you know what? She wants me in church. <laughs> Big time. I'm always amazed. Ladies, I, I, seriously, why would you not want your husband in church? Are you kidding? That blows my mind. You want someone else yelling at him besides you. <laughs> How hard is this? I mean, it's like sometimes I tee it up for you, and all you got to do is go, wasn't that a good message? <laughs> you don't even have to go, mm-hmm. That's, that's all you got to do. You're going, what did you think of the, the message, honey? I mean, let's just be honest. I don't care who's preaching. No, no, wait a minute. Until I went into the sanctuary, I envied the wicked, they said. I thought, what's the purpose of living for God and doing right? I'm in pain, and I got all these troubles, and I got these persecutions. What's the purpose? Then he said, so foolish was I, Asaph said. And then I went into the sanctuary, and I realized, ah, the rest of the truth. Living the Christian life is worth it. It's worth it. Under that, I looked at one section I wanted to share with you. Go back to Psalm 37 and we'll close it down. 
It's actually too much information for one night, so I tried to trim it, which is dangerous. I'm not a good trimmer. <laughs> but Psalms 37, I want you to see this. Uh, we normally get focused on this portion because it is so powerful. We forget that it's based under not desiring the evildoers and not being envious of them and what's happening in their life. But he gives kind of a path forward for us that we know, and I want to remind you of it. In Psalms 37 verse 3, it says, Trust in the Lord, I underline that, and do good, so shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Then he says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. You know what? I believe that. You know, the greatest gift giver in the world is Jesus Christ. James 1.17. There's no better gift than God. And yet we desire what evil men and wickedness produces. And what's so amazing to me, it's not satisfying. It's not lasting. But what God gives is amazing. He goes on to say in the next verse, commit thy way into the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. Not maybe he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as a light and thy judgment as a noonday. Rest in the Lord. Wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself. Verse 8, cease from anger, forsake wrath, fresh, fret not thyself. Verse 9 at the end, but those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. And I read these passages and I get excited about them and I, and I sum it up in this way. Uh, following the Lord gives these three basic things. Number one, I put real success comes from following the Lord. I tell you, I believe that with all my heart. I, I believe that. I, I love, that's why I love the story of Joseph. If you take his story from about 13 to um, uh, uh, that stage right there for about seven years, right in that pattern somewhere right in there. He's about 17 years old, maybe 24, 25, whatever it is in there. And then you've got about 13 years uh, period in there. And he's with Potiphar for part of that. And then he's in the jail and everything. And so you've got going up to about 30 years of age when you do all the numbers and everything. So he's about 30 years of age. And if you just took from uh, the time he was a teenager at 17, 13 years to 30, you'd say, man, it's not worth serving God. Now, that's what you'd say. If you, if you stop the story right there, I mean, abused, sold by his brothers, lied about, forgotten. I mean, everything you can imagine. And he kept serving God. Who would do that? Who, who does that? He's like, nope, I believe him. Nope, I believe him. Really? Because every time you turn around, I mean, you're flat on your face. And then he gets pulled out of the dungeon. And one day, give him a shave, interprets one dream. He's second in command of all of Egypt. And for 90 years lives in prosperity because one of the most famous Christians, we would say, that we read about, 90, would you trade 13 years for 90? If you knew 13 years, you'd be in pain, suffering, disappointed, but for 90 years, you'd live at the top. I mean, the top of what people call success. The, the very top that you can go outside of being Pharaoh himself. Be loved and adored, be full of happiness, have children, have family, get your whole family back, have a restoration like you've never seen. No, no, I'm telling you. You know why God put that story in there? That's real. No, that's, that's available for us. Because we know it's not the beginning that matters. It's the end. And the fact that matters when you serve God. Any hope of happiness, peace, all those things, success comes from God. Number two, I put this real satisfaction then comes from God. Not only real success, but when I read this, delight thyself also, Lord. I tell you, you want to be successful? Just follow Jesus. You, you, you want satisfaction? Follow Jesus. Christians, we ought to be the happiest people on planet Earth. And I think you know my stance on this. It, it, seriously, we have so much. Oh. It starts with salvation. And if we ended there, that would be enough. It doesn't end there. 
It doesn't end there. Talking about being in the house of the Lord, it's been there for years, and they keep redoing the study. It ends up the same way every time. I just read it again about a month ago. And U.S. News and World Report put it out, I mean, years ago. I think it was in college. And they said, if you attend services once a month, people who attend services, I'm sorry, one Sunday a week, one service a week, that, that's it. If they come one service a week, they're substantially happier and more fulfilled in life than people who don't. This is a secular magazine. They've had colleges, universities, not Christian ones, do this study, and they bring it back every five to ten years. It's the same every single time. I mean, every single time. I mean, different if I'm doing the study because I'm only asking people who are happy. You know, I'm like, give me a thousand happy Christians, let's ask them. That's, that's not, no, that's not what's happening. I mean, literally, they're just randomly choosing people. They correlate all the evidence. Are you religious? Da, 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 all this stuff. And it literally comes down to this. And I'm talking secular people who, are you ready? Don't believe in God. Our faithful Christians say this. It is healthy for you to go to church. I'm like, hello. It's, it's, it's mind-boggling to me. And we come, but when you're in it every day and you're around it, sometimes it gets so familiar, it breeds contempt. We forget how good it is. And I'm telling you, the world has nothing to offer you. Just remember the prodigal son. Now, we ought to be the happiest. No, no, seriously. The greatest satisfaction comes from the Christian life. What else did I read? I I can't even remember the name of it now. Because this generation is so weird with terms. No, it is. It's like, rather than words are already created, they think it's cool to make new terms. Remember I taught you about ghosting not too long ago. Remember that one? Yeah, that's called shunning. I'm going to help you with it. It's been around for generations. I ghosted them, didn't get back with them. Yeah, shun them. I mean, no, I got to have a cool word. Well, now there's, there's a new one for dating. And, and I'll read the relationship stuff because I teach on relationships all the time, especially when we travel. And so this, and I can't remember the name of it. I probably should have wrote it down, but I remember the concept because it's so cool. There's a new concept in dating. Are you ready? We're all adults in here, right? So it's okay. I can share this. It's really weird. Um, what they've come up with, there's a group now of young people who've decided not having sex before marriage is probably the way to go. It's so weird. It's so weird. Huh. And a group said, yeah, yeah, I, I've been involved in the sexual scene for years, and it's not produced anything that I thought it would. And now we think abstinence now, it, and they're calling it celibacy instead of abstinence because they like that word better, um, which isn't actual definition. But anyways, who am I to attack those who have wrong words? But anyways, uh, that's what it is. So it's really abstinence, but they've called it celibacy. So we're going to try this, and we're going to try this uh, uh, celibacy thing and, uh, and just get to know each other and have a deeper relationship. And I'm reading it in my study laughing. No, laughing. Because they're writing this like, ha, ha, ha. I mean, it's like brand new. The epiphany just came to them. And I'm like, man, this, this world is foolish. But that's been in the Bible for generations. And they act like they just found that. And I'm just telling you this because this is the way the world acts. They're always reaching for something because they have nothing steady. They don't have any satisfaction because they don't have a foundation. Christians, we do. It's Jesus and the Word of God. You'll have bad days. You'll have good days. Welcome to life. The difference is we have hope. We have peace. Most of us, I've told you, will never be filthy rich. You can't handle it. Read your Bible. For most people, filthy rich, they start abandoning God, doing their own thing. There's very few that can ever even handle it. And God loves you too much. Are you ready? God loves you too much to make you rich. 
haven't heard that one before, have you? You're like, I wish he'd love me less. <laughs> just a little less love. Still going to heaven, just want a little less love. I mean, it's, we, we thank that. I tell you, one of my favorite stories on this, honestly, on Riches. Uh, pastor called me, and uh, I'm not going to give names because this person was a uh, family member, is pretty popular, um, and you could look them up, so I'm going to be very cautious. But this pastor called me and has a lady in his church, and uh, I think it's her, her brother, and another sister, if I'm not mistaken. And he was asking me about counsel. And this was a couple of years ago. I probably shared it with you. Uh, but this guy um, passed away. And when I'm talking millionaire, I mean, think hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of millions. I'm not talking like a millionaire. I'm talking about multi, multi, businesses, everything. He died, and he's given everything to his family. And so the lady goes to the pastor and says, what do I do? So the pastor calls me. He's a young pastor. says, I need some advice. What do I do? I go, you called the right person. <laughs> you take the check. <laughs> no. Anyway, she, go, she came to him and she said, listen, pastor, I think I'm going to tell him no. She goes, the money and the way that my family has gotten the money, her words, has been through ungodliness and wickedness and it's destroyed my family. And we are filthy, filthy rich. I mean, so we sweat money. I mean, so that literally, I looked up the story. Very accurate. Okay, very accurate. And uh, she says, I'm thinking about saying no. Because I do not want that to tarnish me because I love the Lord. And I don't want anything to ever come be, be, between me. Because she got in the word of God. What's interesting, are you ready? She turned it down. She said no. Now, again, I know what some of you are thinking, and don't say it. <laughs> but you see what I'm saying? She had grown to a spot, and I'm not here to say, well, that was right, that's wrong. What I'm saying is she knew in her heart God was telling her no. Mm -hmm. And so she said no because she says, I don't want that life. Why? It's not going to bring me satisfaction. I've lived in this family for years being filthy rich, and every single one of them are a mess. And you're ready, and she do this, and lost and on their way to hell. She was fortunate she accepted Jesus Christ and got out of that. And I'm here to tell you tonight, I know it's simple, a little Bible study, and that's great, but can I remind you? We're blessed. Man, delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. I can't tell how often I've seen that, how by just serving God and loving God, and God knows what I like. Sometimes we think God's up there going, not giving you anything. Won't you be miserable the rest of your life? I don't know what God you serve. I've been very blessed. Uh, and it's, it's interesting, I, I, just God knows wh what I like, and, and sometimes, I'm going to be honest with you, it's frivolous stuff. I mean, it's temporal things, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, man, that'd be neat one day, and all of a sudden, that opportunity opens up, I'm like, I love you. <laughs> I was just, it's, it'd be silly. I, we could share things, my wife and all the time are like, we have a great God. And he knows our desires. There's times he's like, you know, this is a time. I, want you, I would just want you to know, I want to provide this for you. That's what the Bible says. But, but let me tell you the key. You're delighting in him. Well, you're delighting in him. You're, you're, you're loving him. He is your joy. And then real success, real satisfaction comes from him. I believe that. So we got to get our eyes off this world and the wickedness in this world. Because we have a God who provides way more than we could ever imagine. I hope you go back and read these both chapters. Now, we could just read them. They're powerful in themselves. But two men 
who saw what the wicked were doing and notice how even as believers, we have this tendency to envy them openly or secretly and want what they want. It reminds us what they have isn't as great as you think and has done way more destruction than it ever had blessings. So be careful what you want. You just might get it and may take you to a place you'll never want to be. But be thankful for what you have because we have a God who no matter what happens, we have hope. And we have life, and can I tell you this? Eternity. Amen. Eternity. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you now. Thank you for the reminder, Lord. Lord I, I enjoyed, even earlier today, going back and reading both of these chapters. And Lord, there's just so much meat in them and just so much practical truth. Whether or not we did justice with it tonight, I don't know. But this I know, Lord. I pray you'd impress upon our heart, Lord. Sometimes we are so foolish, and I think all of us can admit that at some time we are. I wish I was them, or I wish I had that not realizing, Lord, how they got it, where it's taking them, what's going to happen to that family, to the situation. And in the end, we'd say, I'd never want that. So, Lord, help us be content with you, Lord. Follow you. Commit ourselves to you, Lord, and trusting you. Believe in, Lord, you have the greatest life in the greatest way. And we pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I appreciate you coming here. I thought we'd end with a few testimonies from our college students leaving. So, Megan and Katie will come up now and give us a testimony. Did we not talk about that before, church? Okay. That's it. Yeah, pray for them. Of course, Alan said they'd take off Friday. Any other college students here taking off? Everybody else already in school? So the, where, are we, where are we going? Are you, oh, back behind us? Ah, okay. So we do have more. They're all ducking their heads. Gotcha. Hiding in the back going, don't say anything. So are you all driving together? No, not even going to talk to each other. Okay. Lauren says, I don't even want to talk to them. Gotcha. So anyways, so be in prayer for everybody. Y'all are dismissed. We'll see you on Sunday. Okay.